Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is brought to you by BSO and ABF Creative and is scheduled for one fall. And on the mic, we have the one and only Robert Latow. I got enemies, got a lot of enemies, got a lot of people trying to drain me of my energy. They trying to take the wave from your boy. That's it with your boy. Better pray for your boy. It's Robert Latow. Keep that same energy podcast. Let's get to the opening bell. I love the NBA playoffs. You hear some people saying, oh, there's no LeBron, there's no KD, there's no Steph, no Harden. We're all the, the, the star players. This is so boring. They haven't been watching the games. Did you watch that game seven? The Hawks and the Sixers? That wasn't boring. Listen, these guys can't play forever. LeBron can't play forever. Kevin Durant can't play forever. At some point, there's going to be a shift. Remember, the Warriors were bad for like 20 years before the Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green situation. Eventually, new teams always step up. Steph Curry wasn't Steph Curry when he came into the league. You remember that? Steph Curry wasn't Steph Curry. He's a guy that had iffy ankles and was a, a, a good, not really even considered an all-star at the beginning of his career. He had to build into that. Well, like he just walked on the court and he was like, man, he's Steph Curry, one of the most popular players in the world, one of the considered the best shooter of all time. That didn't happen like day one. The Warriors wasn't good day one. They were okay. They wasn't great. You got to build up to that. And the only way to build up to it is you have new teams that become championship level teams. And I hate, I hate that the, there's no Devin Booker's the next Kobe, Trey Young's the next Steph, the, the, uh, Joel Embiid's the next Akeem Olajuwon. No, they, they're just new. They're just them. You know, Steph Curry became Steph Curry. LeBron has always just been LeBron. You know, James Harden is Harden. KD's KD. You got to build into that. Into your own brand, your own name value, your own recognition, your own style. So Devin Booker is just Devin Booker. Trey Young is just, you know, Trey Young. Giannis is Giannis. There's no need to compare. It's good. It's good for the league. Because these guys that are 22, 23, 24, 25 years old, that's the future. That's the future. There's only so long. I mean, LeBron is kind of an outliner. But there's only so long, normally, your star players play at that elite level. You know, you're normally talking 30-35 before it starts going downhill. I think modern medicine and things of that nature has kind of elongated some of their careers. But they can only go for so long. Before new players have to come in and carry the lead. So the Devin Bookers, the Joel Embiid's, the Giannis's, the Trey Young's of the world. They're going to have to carry the lead when the LeBrons and the Kevin Durant's and the James Harden and the Chris Pauls are gone. 
So this is a positive thing. One of these youngins, you know, unless maybe the Clippers win it all, but even then you got, you know, Paul George is someone that his legacy would be forever changed with a ring. But one of these guys are going to get a ring and it's going to change the, the trajectory of their career. It's totally different when you're a champion. You're a champion. You're a star player on a championship team. That changes everything. So if a Trey Young, a Devin Booker can get that at this early, a Giannis, two-time MVP, you can add two-time MVP, champion, finals MVP. That changes a lot of things. That changes a lot of things. They can't take it away from you. No matter what they try, they can't. They the, 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 uh, Mickey Mouse rings, you know, injuries, uh, whatever they want to call it, you know, the super team. They can't take it, the, the, the ring away from you. They can't take it. And it has, it's, it's on your Wikipedia page. It's attached. There's nothing that can be done. It's attached. It's attached. Nothing can be done. So I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Also, you know, my wife got me that three TV set up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I know we're going to tell a few stories here. That might make you hesitate a bit about marriage and getting married. But let me tell you something. If you find the right one, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. You can't you can't go off celebrities and athletes and rappers and all of that stuff. You, you can't go. Just, you know, find you the right one. It's a beautiful thing. Because this three TV setup, I tell you, it's amazing. It's amazing. 75 up top, 43s on the bottom. It's a beautiful thing. You're watching, you're watching basketball, boxing, hockey, track and field, swimming. I, I had even had some cricket on the on the bottom right. Had some cricket on, boy. I was, I was like, man, it's some cricket on. Watch a little soccer. <laughs> got me watching all type of stuff. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. I totally got off track, but I just want to tell you that. Find the right one. If you already had the right, right one, treat them right. Treat them right. But this is a good thing. It's a good thing for the NBA. Sometimes you got to go beyond, like, ratings and stuff. I think that's... You know, that's look, you got your money from your TV contracts regardless. You're going to get your sponsorship money regardless. You got to build new stars and the ratings will come. Once again, the Warriors were not a big draw. They were not a big TV draw. And I'm talking about when they had Klay Thompson, Draymond, and Steph Curry in the Mark Jackson days. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They weren't a big draw. But for the casual fans that are watching, if you're watching the Atlanta Hawks right now, you're like, whoa, this is an interesting team. I wouldn't mind seeing them on TV more often. You're watching the Suns and you're like, whoa, these guys got some, some ballers on the team. The, the crowd, the energies, it's wild. Suns at four. It's one, the thing about the Suns at four, you know, I you don't want to, I didn't have a problem with Devin Booker, you know, giving the man a signed jersey and some seats. The problem is you can't expect idiots to see that as an isolated situation. Now everybody wants to fight, so hopefully they get you know can go viral and get their faces on T-shirts and stuff. 
So that, that's kind of catch-22 with that. Also, and, and we're going to talk a little bit more about Ben Simeon's uh, a little later, but, you know, you know, fan is short for fanatic, <laughs> right? And some of these fans, man, man, y'all, y'all are serious, man. I mean, y'all, y'all lead the game and y'all, like I've never, like, I think the last time I've been truly upset at a, a professional sports game or, or bout or whatever, it was the last time I was truly like upset and was like, you know something, I, I want to, you know, put somebody in the, fi- the, the, the figure four a leg lock was probably, probably twofold. It was those Duke teams of the early 90s, the one that beat um, UNLV, stopped them from having an undefeated season, and the one that beat the Fab Five, you know, Christian Leitner teams, no beef with Grant Hill. That's the last time I, I, would, I could see myself going outside and making a video screaming and yelling and stuff like that. Granted, I was 14. <laughs> yeah, I was, you know, I was 13, I was like 12 years old. But I was really mad at, at 12. You know, 20 years, 30 years, I'm going to start down 30 years later. I'm not going, I'm not leaving an arena screaming and yelling. No matter what the outcome, even if it was my team that lost. Like, I get annoyed when the Ohio State University loses. But I'm not going outside screaming and yelling about it. I may roll around on my carpet and say, oh, no, what happened? But I'm not going to go out there and start cursing at people and, and tell them to get, they got to get out the city and before the goons come and all that. That's a little much. But, you know, like I said, fan is short for uh, fanatic. I always wondered, like, those really extreme fans, the ones that brawl, the ones that curse, and the ones that threaten violence on the players, I always wonder what their home life is like. Like, I figure it's like one or two ways. Either one, it's not very good. Like, they're not living a very happy existence. Or two, they're, you know, they're totally different, like, at home. And this is like their WWE character. What do you think? I'm a little curious about that. What in the blue hell? Remember when the Cubs won the, uh, the World Series? You know, the MVP of that series uh, was Ben Zupris. Or Zopris. I really should have seen how to pronounce his, his last name before I started. But let's just call him Ben. Ben was the MVP of the, of the World Series. Remember, the Cubs had to won the World Series in like 100 plus years. And on the field, his wife was with him, just like, you know, your wife would definitely be with you if you did something, you know, spectacular. And she was on the field. She had the trophy and everything. And, and they looked like, you know, they got three kids. Seemed like a very loving uh, couple. Her name is uh, Juliana. <laughs> Juliana. And um, if you recall, if you're a baseball fan, um, I think I don't know if it's the next year or the year after. Uh, ben had to take a leave of absence, and people were like, "Why well, yeah, leave absence? Is he okay?" And then they didn't really get too much. And they said, "You know, personal reasons." And come to find out, that the personal reason was he was having some uh, situations uh, with his wife. It's not uh, unusual uh, for anybody to have. 
marriage problems. It's a little unusual uh, that a athlete actually takes time off uh, because of his marital problems. Maybe uh, because a lot of times they're the ones that are causing uh, the marital problems. But in the end, you know, uh, uh, Zupris uh, went about his business. He ended up coming back. He retired uh, and, you know, after 13 years in the league. Then yesterday, uh, he filed a lawsuit. And he filed a lawsuit against his pastor. And I was like, that's interesting. What's going on with the pastor? So come to find out, the pastor, whose name is, um, what's his name? Uh, I'm looking for his name. I forget. Uh, pastor Yon. Uh, pastor Yon was smashing his wife. <laughs> On the collection plates. And the really messed up thing about it, it was, was Pastor Yon was the one that was advising the couple to try to get them through this hard time. He was the one that told Ben to give his wife a little bit of space. You know, maybe that would help with the, you know, with, with working out their problems. Well, while that space was going on, he was texting the wife on, on with burner phones, like he was a damn drug dealer, like he was on the wire, and you know, you know, giving her the the Holy Ghost. <laughs> he was giving her the Holy Ghost. If that wasn't bad enough, he was also stealing money from the man. It appears that Ben was really. Um, deep into the church, which is fine. Uh, it's very, very. That's fine. I'm, I'm not here to to to, to question um, your religion and your Christianity and all of that stuff. That's none of my business. But he was deep into the church, so he had Pastor Yon also, you know, set up and work his charitable organization. Unbeknownst to him. Pastor Young was siphoning money off of that charity, that foundation, and putting it right in his pocket and spending that money on taking Ben's wife uh, to tropical locales while smashing. So you wonder how Ben found out about all this. Well, the pastor's married too. <laughs> the pastor's married too. And the pastor's wife was smarter than Ben and she figured out what was going on and alerted him. And that's when he took the leave of absence. Ben cost this man because he didn't get paid. You don't get paid for voluntarily leaving. You know, if you sprain your ankle, you get paid, right? You hurt your shoulder, you get paid, right? But if you just say, hey, I just need, you know, uh, I need to take some time off. You don't get paid. They're like, sure, take as much time as you need. No checks will be coming. While he took that time off, he lost $8 million. $8 million. And that this whole time, the pastor was advising him on how to save his marriage while he was smashing his wife. This should be a movie. Maybe he can make his $8 million back with the movie rights. $8 million. 
it's not the first time we've heard, you know, pastor doing stuff like this. I, you know, I feel bad for the brother. I mean, it's one thing to have your significant other cheat on you. It's another thing to have him cheat on you with your, you know, your spiritual advisor. And then on top of that, have him stealing money from you. And on top of all of that, he's the one that advised you to take some, uh, some, some time off. And that costs you $8 million. You know, I got, I got people in my mentions mentioning OJ. And you know what that means. You know, you know what that means. Crazy story. Crazy story. I, I, he, you know, that, you know, they say we, he went into depression and I can understand that. She's not even that good looking. To be honest with you. That's crazy. You gotta watch out, man. Them, them, them. Like I said, when you're, if your pastor's name, Creflo Dollar, <laughs> Creflo Dollar, and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, that should tell you something. That should tell you. Remember the, the one that, uh, I forget, the Husky Pastor that said the devil made him cheat. And he was talking about his wife, uh, I forget what his name is, how his wife didn't make no food. <laughs> it had him eating pizza. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't like that. He didn't like that. Moving on, Carmelo Anthony. Oh, my God. Carmelo. If you don't know the, the backstory of this, is Carmelo and Lala have been together for a very long period of time, right? Long time. Since Carmelo was back in Denver, right? Um, and a few years back, the marriage hit a hard part because... Mello got another girl pregnant and she had a baby, a little girl, right? And at that point, it looked like Lala was going to file for divorce and move on and all of that stuff, you know. But Carmelo fought real hard to keep his family uh, intact. So Lala never really finished the filing of the divorce. Now, one would think, similar to D-Wade, D-Wade had a, a baby, on Gabrielle Union before they got married, that if you had a baby or your your spouse or your significant other, that ideally, if you either don't want to have any more children with them, that you do something to make sure that uh, you don't have any other children out of wedlock. Alas, Carmelo is being accused of having twins. Twins! with a woman and sending the woman off to England to hide the babies uh, from Lala uh, according to the woman who's Lee Daniels um, niece I know it's just, it's just a lot uh, Lee Daniels niece she wasn't going to say anything but you know the babies were born premature they're having some medical issues Carmelo's not helping and according to her, Kim Kardashian, because somehow the Kardashians are always involved in this. Kim Kardashian hired a private eye to track her down and all that great stuff. So now, Lala's filed for divorce again. Uh, Carmelo, uh, Carmelo is a shooter. Let's just be honest. He is a shooter. Yeah, I mean, he's, he never stops shooting. So apparently these twins are in London right now 
I don't know, and they're trying to get British citizenship. I it's it's a lot. Here's the number one thing. Carmella didn't deny anything. Like when something is that like when someone goes and tells they told to the Hollywood unlocked, tell that type of story. If it's untrue, what happens is is you start getting those cease and desist and, and things like that, and nobody's gotten anything. Which says that it may not be a hundred percent true, but the general consensus is most of it is true. Camilla, that's a wild boy. So that's a that's a that's a wild wild boy. Speaking of the Kardashians, uh, Tristan Thompson, TTK, as I like to call him, <laughs> um, was caught having to fire some at a house party, <laughs> and I guess. This was, I guess, the final straw for Chloe. Maybe, maybe not. I, I don't know. She, she said they broke up again after they just got back together. Tristan said it was cap, 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 cap. <laughs> but a source said they saw him go to a party. Uh, they saw him go in the room with three girls and a guy. He was in there for thirty minutes. He came out looking all disheveled. And they got pictures, little sneaky pictures of that. And after that, she came out. She, you know, the Kardashians told their sources that no more TTK and Chloe. Poor Chloe. Chloe's a good example of, and I tried to, money is a good thing. Don't ever have anybody tell you that not having money is uh, a good thing. You know, money's a great thing because it, you know, nobody wants to try to figure out how to eat or or take care of their family or keep the lights on. Right. So in that regard, having money is better than not having money for those basic necessity and needs. Right. In the grand scheme of things, though, um, it doesn't necessarily make you happy. Like your mental health and things like that. All it does is make sure you don't have to worry about a particular set uh, of things. But it really doesn't have anything to do with your long-term happiness, your mental health. That's why you see rich people commit, you know, like who commits suicide? I mean, rich people commit suicide too. You understand what I'm saying? So, Chloe's a good example. She's rich. She's famous. But she doesn't like herself. She always chopping up her face and doing her, she's doing all this stuff for approval and it still uh doesn't work. <laughs> you know, it's still you know, it just it just it just lets you know that your happiness is it's more than just material things or superficial things. It goes deeper than that. It goes deeper than that. You got to be happy with yourself before you can be happy with with anything else. That's my little life lesson for you. The Injustice League. Cole Beasley doesn't want to get vaccinated. And that's fine. That's fine. If you don't want to get vaccinated, that's your choice. It's a personal choice. Everybody doesn't get the flu shot. (laughs) You know. I don't get the flu shot. The reason I don't get the flu shot is because 
the one time I got it, it was a long time ago. Um, I think my job was giving them out free. Uh, like at lunchtime. <laughs> yeah, flu shot sounds good. I don't want to catch the flu. And I got the flu the worst that I ever got it. Now I don't take the flu shot. Personal decision. The, the problem with hot sauce bees is that you have to understand in life your personal decisions. You can't push those off on the whole world, right? And you have to understand that your personal decisions have ramifications and things that because of the decisions that you make, there's going to be consequences for them. Like, for instance, and I'll just give you a real simple one, which is I always used when I talk about masks and like COVID and the Rona and all of that stuff, right? 7-Eleven. There's 7-Eleven everywhere in the world, right? At the front of every 7-Eleven, it says, no shoes, no shirts, no service, right? Every 7-Eleven in the world, right? Say it's 150 degrees outside. You choose to not wear a shirt in your car. At this point, you have made a conscious decision that you will not go into a 7-Eleven or pretty much any other store because they have a, a no shirt policy. So it's your choice. You don't want to be hot. So you took off your shirt. That's fine. But you can't get a Slurpee. You can't get a Slurpee now. If you want a Slurpee, you have to put your shirt on. Those are the rules. That's what's always funny to me about the non-mass people. They talk about your freedoms. Your freedom's been taken away. <laughs> Under that premise... You have no freedoms. Every store, every shop, every restaurant, every business, they have rules. You never had any freedom. Where do you think dress codes come from? If the restaurant says you have to wear a suit coat to eat at our restaurant, those are the rules. If you choose not to wear a suit coat, you don't eat at the restaurant. You never had no freedom. There's speed limits. There's no freedom. There's stop signs. There's no freedom. You have no freedom. It's a fallacy. It's a fallacy. The first I had to, I got the first amendment. The first amendment grants you the right to say whatever the hell you want. It doesn't grant you the right to not have consequences for it. You can't curse out your boss and say, first amendment. It doesn't work like that. You've never been free. Never. So, of course, there's rules when it comes to, you know, the vaccinations. So, the NFL, who has a uniform policy that if you wear the wrong socks or, uh, or a different color visor, they could take you off the field. Of course, they have vaccination rules. If you don't get vaccinated, you got to do X, Y, and Z. doesn't say you can't play. They could go real far with it. Said, no, you can play, but you have to follow these rules. Just like the other 950 rules that the NFL has. And that's what I don't understand about Cole Beasley. I don't know if he's MAGA. He doesn't seem to be MAGA. 
but he doesn't seem to conceptually understand that you can do whatever the hell you want to do, but there's always going to be rules. There's no freedom. Says, well, I, I I did the research. You didn't. You're not a doctor. You don't know what's going on. Yeah, doctors can be wrong. I'm not saying that's not true, and I'm not saying you can't do your own research, but it really doesn't matter because the rules are the rules. The rules are you have to wear a helmet during the game. If you don't wear a helmet, you can't come in the game. Hey, don't get vaccinated. You can't go to the club while you're on the road. You can't hit up the strip club. Those are the rules. I don't understand what he's so upset about. If you don't want to get vaccinated or you don't want to follow the rules, then like you said, retire. Quit. <laughs> Just quit. You don't have to play. Those are the rules. <laughs> the rules. I don't like every rule that's put in place. I would like to be able to go into 7-Eleven shirtless and get a Slurpee. Alas, those are the rules. If anyone that has glasses know that wearing a mask fogs up your glasses, those are the rules. If the rest, if I want to go to a restaurant and have me a mojito, and they say, well, while you're waiting in the waiting area, you got to wear a mask. I want the mojito, I got to wear a mask. You know, those black people don't really trip off this stuff. And I don't know if it's because we're just used to the way the country is. It's kind of sad. White people are used to just doing whatever the hell they want to do. That's why they're always so confused when they get caught. Like, you remember the, the guy that killed George Floyd when they found him guilty? He, had this, he just confused. Like, what? I'm white. And I think sometimes white people aren't racist, aren't MAGA. They're, you know, I think this is when privilege and they're just not used to it. They're not used to being typecast. They're not used to being stereotyped. They're not used to having pushback. So when it happens, what the hell? What the hell? Like Cole Beasley seems like a good teammate. In all other cases, seems like a nice guy. He's just not used to in his life being told that you know you can't do that. So it's just strange to me. Those are rules. That's why I said people storm in the Capitol and all that. Like, those are the rules. Now, granted, the rules have been bent for white people for centuries. The rules are normally meant to hurt, you know, black people. So I can understand, like, hey, these rules don't apply to me. But in some instances, they do. Listen, I always thought the mask thing was just the most hilarious thing of all time. Why are you wearing a mask? Why I got to wear a mask? Well, why do you have to put shoes on when you go in the Target? You can't walk barefoot in the Target. It's just another accessory. Just a weird, to me, like it's. Let me put it like this: It's never been about the mask or all of this stuff. It's always been about power and white people not. They just don't like to be told what to do. They they will accept what they want to accept. They're okay with you know shirts. But a mask, telling them to wear a mask, something about like it's a weird thing in their head about power. 
They're used to giving the rules and telling other people what to do. White people have no no problem with a restaurant being blatantly racist with a dress code. But they don't want to wear a mask. It's all about power. So my man Beasley, I mean, just relax, man. Relax, my dude. Just, if you don't want to get the vaccine, it's all, it's all good. I have no issue with that. If you a little, you know, leery of the side effects, that's, that's cool. Like, I literally have no problem with anybody saying that. If someone is like, like, I'm not going to be one that calls people, you know, names and stuff because they don't want to get vaccinated. I think the issue is when they just start yelling at people that are getting vaccinated. Like, I don't, like, to me, it's like, it's whatever you want to do. It's just, like, I just got something from the NBA. They're doing limited uh, media uh, for the NBA finals. So it looks like for another year, I'll be doing virtual uh, stuff because they're only really kind of letting the, the super huge TV and networks in. But one of the criteria, you got to be fully vaccinated. If you if you want in, you want to cover those games in person, on site, you have to be fully vaccinated. Those are the rules. So I so imagine, look at it like this. Imagine, so the NBA says, hey, if you want to cover the, the, the finals, you got to be fully vaccinated. And then I went on social media and said, this is a travesty. This is a, a, I've watched a YouTube video about this and I should be able to, you know, it just sounds stupid. I mean, those are the rules. I mean, they had a bunch of rules in place before. You know, you, 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 I couldn't walk into a press room with no shirt on. Like, Like I said, it's always rules in place. There's no freedom. This is no land of the free. It's really not much of a home of the brave. It's not a United States. It's never been that way. It's a grand conspiracy. It's a grand cover up. It's a grand brainwashing. You know, critical like I the critical race theory is a big a big uh discussion going on. Should that be taught in schools? You know, should children know the history of the country that's essentially what it boils down to white people like the the thing it would be it, it would be more they would have more of a case if the country in 2021 was more of a utopia if it was an actual fair and an equal country right as opposed to a country where they're still throwing. They're throwing tortillas at a at a high school basketball team that's primarily Latinos. Like if we were farther advanced in our actual unitedness, then I could understand it. But it's it's really no different than what it was before. Just different technology. You know, sixteen twenty two, seventeen twenty two, eighteen twenty one, nineteen twenty one, twenty twenty one. It's different technology. Same stuff happens, it's different technology. Still dealing with the exact same things. And let me let me say, you know, it's not as violent, well, violently bad. I mean, I mean, we had, you know, they've at least gotten, you know, stuff like slavery and and and, and stuff like that out of the the country. But there's there's different ways 
to be slaves to a country beyond actually being out in the cotton fields. So yeah, it's thankfully, you know, people, we're not getting whipped in the street by people on horses and stuff like that. They're still, but they're still doing it. It's in different ways. So I had to say that to say, my man Cole Beasley, relax, my guy. Relax. Just want to quickly talk about the Raiders uh, lineman um, that came out as uh, gay. I think the best thing I can say about that is that nobody cares. And, and before, hey, before you try to cancel me, I'm not saying that in a bad way. What I'm trying to say is that nobody cares. <laughs> and that's, that's, the, that's what you want, right? That's what you want. I always say for any type of community, right, the if you truly want equality and you truly just want to be just seen as the person you are, the best thing that could happen to you is that nobody cares. I saw the, 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 the headline come through and I was like, Oh, that's cool. All right. This is good that it's given to that, that foundation that is helping with the suicides. Cause you don't want to see anybody commit uh, suicide just because of their sexual orientation. But for the most part, okay. Okay. It's, there's a lot of gay athletes in professional sports. Um, it's good to see that, that now they, at least one, who's active, doesn't mind, you know, sharing that with the world. You don't have to. And let me let me point that out very clearly. You don't have to tell people what your sexual orientation is. I mean, you shouldn't feel pressured to do that. If you want to keep that private, it's kind of, you know, it's like a relationship. If you want to keep your relationship private, that's fine. You want to keep, you know, your sexual orientation or well, that's fine as well. Like I said, best thing that can happen is that nobody cared. Now, when I say nobody cared, obviously that community cared a lot and and they championed that. And, and a lot of people gave him a lot of encouragement and, and a lot of it was a lot of positive uh, reaction for it. I, like I said, the best thing about it is that the the trolls and the normal people, they, they, OK, whatever. How many sacks are you going to get? I mean, that's all they care about. And I think that's a beautiful thing. I think it's a lovely thing that nobody cares. I think it's a lovely thing that people say it was a, it was a, something that happened and then they were back to talking about the NBA playoffs. Back talking about, you know, Tristan Thompson and, and, and Carmelo and, and whatever else was going on, hockey and track and field and stuff like that. I think that's the most, that's the greatest thing that could happen. That is not a big deal. That people aren't talking about it for fifty days in a row. There's no, there's no debate. It's like cool. That's fine. They got, you know, can you rush the pass? That's really all the Raider fans care about. No one cares. And I think that more than anything shows at least one positive evolution in our country. You know, obviously when Michael Sam was doing this, it became a a big deal. It became a big argue, a big point. Oh, he's gay. Is this the reason that he's falling in the draft? Is, is he getting an opportunity because of it or not? It became a big thing. And, and you know, whatever we all went five, six years later, people like, Hey, it's just, it was, it was a headline for a few hours and people moved on. And I think that's, that's a lovely, that's a lovely thing. I think that's a positive thing. Now, hopefully you agree with me. I'm like I said, I'm not trying to down. Like, 
I, I well, I shouldn't say I'm, I'm not trying to downplay it, but what I'm trying to say is, is that what's a good way of saying this, where people can understand this, is that being anything doesn't make you special, right? So, however you choose to live your life, that doesn't make you special. What makes you special is the type of person you are. Gay, straight, trans, or whatever, right? Your orientation doesn't make you special. Who you are makes you special. So, just saying that you're gay, or announcing that you're gay, or saying that you're straight, or saying that you're trans, or whatever it may be, to me, that's just like, okay. That's just a thing. That's just what you are. That's like saying I'm married. <laughs> it's just a thing. that Now, a lot of people are married, or but are they cheating with the pastor? Or are they having a very loving marriage? Like, you see what I'm saying? It's just a title. You know, marriage is a title. Straight's a title. Gay's a title. Now, what are you, you know, you're a good person. It's, there's good, there's good straight people, bad straight people. Good gay people, bad gay people. So that's really all I care about. So, yeah, I thought it was a good thing that nobody, I mean, it was a, you know, it was a, it was a thing. And it, people reported on it and talked about it, but it was, it didn't, it's not trending anymore. It had his, you know, people talk about it, say, oh, that's great. I'm glad he's given to the foundation and he's living his truth and feel comfortable enough to, you know, tell us that. And, you know, he plays a professional sport. And if he plays it well, we don't really care what he does, you know, when the game's over. So that's, that's evolution. That's a positive uh, thing. Uh, as far as this actual segment, keep that same energy. Um, talk about Ben Simmons uh, for a second. Now, this kind of goes into Kwame Brown, okay? This is, this is the fine line that we're at w- with this. Critiques as opposed to personal when it goes over. First off, eliminate fans. Fans are not, they don't work in the media, okay? They're not supposed to be rational. They can say crazy things. Fans are going to get on you. Fans are going to make memes. Fans are going to talk. When you get to the professionals like us, <laughs> Now you have a fine line. What are you reporting? How you're reporting it? What the narrative is? And if you're going, you know, a little over that line, which brings us to Stephen A. Smith and Kwame Brown. Stephen A. Smith, with our first take, said he got a text during the show. During the show that said Ben Simmons doesn't work hard, that he's babied, and that he doesn't listen to anybody. Right? There's a lot of debate over, over that because... It's not so much that anonymous sources are a bad thing. You can't tell your sources, right? So there's always going to be a not no. You know, people are going to give you information they don't want their name to be out there. That's that's not so much a bad thing if you trust the narrator. The problem is, is that, and this is what Kwame Brown was trying to point out, was that when you take one random source and you don't really do any other back channel investigation on it you're really putting out a narrative that could or couldn't be true now it could be 100% true what he said about Ben Simmons but if you don't know where it's coming from the motivation of who's giving the information and it hasn't been vetted by anybody else it's and you go on national TV and you're the biggest black sports media voice in the world. 
and you say someone doesn't work hard and doesn't listen is baby. I mean, that's a heavy, you have a heavy responsibility to be really sure about what you're saying. Now, maybe he trusts his source uh, 100%. So if the source is A, he believes it's true. I, I get that. Uh, but you should maybe, you know, get some, take some other calls. Like, hey, I've been told that the man doesn't listen, he's baby, he doesn't work hard. You know, maybe ask some other people. Maybe ask some people that don't have a personal stake in the situation. Because stuff like that sticks. Now you got the fan base who aren't rational thinking the man doesn't work hard. Uh, that the man doesn't, you know, doesn't listen to anybody. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what Kwame Brown said. He said, Kwame, they, he said the same thing about Kwame Brown. And it was quote-unquote sources. And Kwame Brown said he didn't talk to anybody else and they were totally untrue. So, I mean, it's an MO. It's a thing. Is that something that needs to be changed in media? Or is it because it's first take and it's embraced the debate? You know, you can just say wild stuff. I don't have the answer. I'm just asking the questions. Is it the get, you know, what is it, get along, get along gang, the get it, get it along, whatever he says. If he comes out with a new video, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he is. He's, he, Kwame's been like fighting with like pastors and YouTubers, so I really haven't been watching the channel lately. But we'll see if he, he talks about this. Like I said, just, just, just remember, when you have the biggest voice in the room, what you say carries weight that goes far beyond just you talking to your boys. That's something to think about. I appreciate you listening. Please follow me on Twitter at BSO, Facebook, Black Sports Online, Instagram, and YouTube, B-S-O-T-V. Big shout out to ABF Creative for helping put this podcast together. I'm out.